from the land of adventure and diversity come tales of survival, success and ingenuity. These are the stories of extraordinary Africans. Only on Faces of Africa. Members of the press and fellow Kenyans, I want to inform you that the Ministry of Health has confirmed the first coronavirus case in Kenya. This disease is not a joke. Kenyans must treat this matter with the seriousness it deserves by, ad by adjusting and changing their lifestyles. If we continue to behave normally, this disease will treat us abnormally. So when the pandemic hit, initially we didn't know the, the, the impact it would have. So most of the gyms at that time didn't know what exactly would happen. But now once the lockdown eventually happened, all the gyms were instructed to shut down. So immediately that meant all instructors around Kenya, or rather around the world, all had to stop working completely. We found ourselves jobless, basically, if I might put it that way. Most of us had to just stay home. I'm a fitness trainer. Um, I'm a mother of two. And I'm in the business of changing people's lives. My life before the pandemic was basically the same routine. Just wake up, if I have morning clients, I just go train the clients. Then I had gym sessions. I was working at three different gyms. So I just moved from gym to gym doing um, Les Mills Body Combat. That's the program that I teach. So I'd go from one gym to the other. And if I have any other personal clients, I'd train them after that. When COVID first arrived in Kenya, my team and I at Nendo were actually hosting an event. We had a physical launch of our trend report. And after the cabinet secretary announced about the case, uh, we still had an event to put on. We didn't know any better at the time. And that was the very first case. But we held an event. It was well attended. Um, but at that point, I knew and I told my team in advance that uh, uh, we were going to start working remotely. Uh, we were built for that, and I had the confidence that I wanted to put their health and safety first, even though I didn't fully understand the extent of it. Nobody could have foreseen what COVID-19 brought with it. Uh, businesses, mine included to us an extent, were not prepared. This was not featuring in a lot of scenarios or plans. Some may have foreseen it, but certainly I don't know that many people who had that crystal ball and said, this is how it's going to be. We had to really think of what would be the other option of being able to social distance and be in contact with your client, but still be able to have them with you and still be able to train them. So we had to look for options. That's when the technology had to really play a big part. Hey, Nella. Hello. Can you hear me? Nice. Can you hear me? 
platforms I could have probably be using to make money even before the lockdown because um, I, I used to think that because um, I like group fitness so I used to think that I would just go teach my class finish my class and just come back home but if I was using um, um, let's say the zoom application I would target even a larger number of people we're going to start with squats yeah? so we're just going to do slowly just go down the normal squats that we usually do so let's go one up, let's go. Two. Good, let's go. Three. Let's go. Four. Nice work. Five. Nice work. Now a bit of cardio. We're going to do jumping jacks again. Just 20. Out, out, in, in. Sour? You ready? Okay. Let's go. One, two, in, in. One. Two, that's five. Let's go. One, two, that's six. Again, good job. That's awesome. Next one, next one. Yeah. <laughs> You're done with your workout for today. <laughs> How was it? How was it? <laughs> it was nice, huh? Yeah. Thanks a lot, huh? So, I'll see you, Kesho. In Kenya, you have over 30 million mobile subscribers. Um, and there's probably more when you, when you count people with multiple SIM cards. These people are a potential captive audience for goods, services, experiences on the internet or just aimed at mobile phones alone. We have M-Pesa, right, a mobile money platform. That's been Kenya's uh, brand, and it even went as far as calling itself Silicon Savannah, which is a word that stuck from about 2010. That is part of the basis of why Kenya is strategically positioned um, as a place that can exploit and explore new ventures and new ideas and innovations. And that's attracted venture capital you know, to fund uh, these sorts of startups and businesses. And it's attracted founders, not just Kenyan but international as well, who've relocated here and said, I have an idea. If I'm to pick somewhere in Africa to do it, I might just pick Kenya. I think as a part of COVID, we're all just going to be uh, genetically, you know, evolution to have headphones permanently attached to our heads. As a technical entrepreneur, we all stand on the shoulders of giants. And, and what Kenya really has as an advantage is a solid digital infrastructure that has been built over years that have made solid connectivity available throughout the country from coast to coast, um, allowing people to have access to the internet. And that changes people's lives. It gives them access to markets, access to entertainment, and access to communication. And so as an entrepreneur, a digital entrepreneur, we ride upon that and our business would not be possible if that infrastructure was not there in the first place. My name is uh, Moses Kamau Mbugwa. I am a designer and programmer uh, with Usiku, 
Keynes, uh, based in Nairobi, Kenya. One of the biggest things that we can't ignore is investment. We have people who are willing to invest into young and upcoming uh, developers in Kenya and in Nairobi. We have the likes of uh, Microsoft, uh, we have the likes of Google actually coming and setting up incubation hubs to try and foster and incubate uh, tech focused kind of individuals. Because now suddenly people have access to YouTube and they have access to tutorials. They can learn how to code in JavaScript, in JS, in React Native and such like programs. And that has really created an atmosphere of exponential growth and interest among upcoming developers. Our reason for existence is Jumia. I think on the marketplace side, um, uh, it's still an opportunity to many more consumers to be able to try um, uh, to try uh, online services and then per se then, then Jumia because uh, we've been tried and tested and uh, we've got an increasing number of people coming to our platforms. Jumia, just like any e-commerce uh, platform, we continue to, to innovate. Some people would not have thought of coming to buy their groceries on, uh, on an e-commerce platform. And uh, we've had some collaborations to be able to even bring fresh produce on our platform, which then gets delivered within um, an hour or so. Now let me check what I don't have. I need to add more onions. I need to add tomatoes. I need chicken, tomato paste. Let me see here. Um, some salt. Okay, I'll just write down on my list. Okay, mm. I have chicken, capsicum, carrots, chili, coriander. And I think I have my list. Now I can be able to order what I need online. For e-commerce companies, however, the biggest challenge they had the last five years was getting new people to try a new behavior and establish the trust. Do you trust me that what you order is what you'll get? Do you trust me that I am faster and more effective than you walking down to the supermarket and choosing for yourself? And during the pandemic, some have had no choice but to trust the company to deliver. Some have been disappointed, but many have learned that this isn't so bad. I used to find it very hard to, to prepare meals for the kids because I had a busy schedule. And most of the time, um, I wouldn't make it back on time to prepare meals. So unless it was the weekend or a special occasion, that's when you find me making meals. But um, I found it a bit more easier when Corona hit because I had more time to be at home. And then now when the, the applications that had come in to um, buy food, I had it easy to um, access, like, okay, um, let's, for, for instance, now delivery services that would deliver food to the house.
This has been an advantage to me because I'm able to save more time and be able to spend more time with my children. And, and I also avoid the hassle of having to go to the supermarket and to be able to um, um, key on the lines. So I'm seeing um, the benefits of having to use these digital platforms to be able to purchase my day-to-day -day needs. When a customer places an order, uh, what happens is on the back end, uh, the, it, it is received in, in our system. Anytime you see a product that means it is available, um, uh, most often either in a warehouse or it's a vendor who has it, who then drops it off at a vendor drop-off point. So um, at that point, then this goes to a sorting center. A sorting center because in many cases we aggregate our orders. Once the order gets to a sorting center, the orders that are going to um, a common area are put together and are delivered there by our network. Today in the, in the era of COVID, it is a contactless delivery and it's also uh, cashless. And then after that, um, uh, you, you give him a code. Um, uh, which verifies that he's actually delivered. So a one-time password gets, uh, code gets uh, generated. Uh, you feed that to him. The loop is closed. In the back end, the system shows us that uh, this delivery has been successful and it has been delivered to the right person. So then the loop gets closed. Life after COVID is going to be very, very different. Um, uh, we're seeing... Uh, um, the impact that is had, the adverse impact on jobs and the rest, and uh, um, let me call it telepresence, meaning you do not have to go to that place to get a service. I think on the other side, with working from home, we've seen uh, people wanting to upgrade kind of their homes, um, so you'd find people um, coming on to get solutions to it because they're spending more time at home. These are some of the exciting things that we're seeing happening and we hope are going to continue on, not just in Kenya, but um, across Africa because um, e-commerce really um, makes uh, life easier and better for many consumers on the vendor side and also on the consumer side. The pandemic has really adjusted our way of life. Kenya, for example, the ease of access to all the services you need simply because you can go from point A to point B made us not really embrace technology the way we were supposed to embrace it. So when the pandemic hit, now we had to think outside the box. And that is when uh, Kenyans were forced to now embrace technology in its fullest. Uh, we are now competing with the first world in terms of using mobile applications, in terms of uh, uh, using uh, online services, in terms of embracing technology as a whole. Uh, this in itself, I'm sure, will actually grow, the uh, grow our economy in, in, in massive ways. Now we're becoming more and more tech savvy. Even children right now, since they can't go outside and play, they're forced to now embrace online gaming. They, they, they have games that they can uh, play with the, their friends without having to meet in person. Like so many people in Africa and around the world, I, I've got kids that uh, have been studying virtually for the last year. Uh, and, and boredom is a real factor. Trying to keep them focused on their studies is difficult. 
Um, it's hard enough to sit in a classroom listening to a boring teacher, but when you're doing it on a Zoom call, that's even harder. And so what we've done is we've created games that are educational, but first, fun. So the kids want to play them, they're having fun, and don't even necessarily realize that they're learning in the process. And we've tied our educational platform called Tizzy to the Kenya educational curriculum. So based on what grade level you're in and what week of the year it is, we present games that are specifically tailored to what the students learned in class that week and then help them to revise that. Initially when I did my undergrad and I finished and I was like, I'm not even going to be concerned about my IT degree because I was like, it's too hectic. I didn't know how fast um, people would be making money off technology basically. I didn't quite think that I'm going to apply any of that knowledge in, 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 in let's say my job currently because I was like ah, I'm just gonna be a fitness trainer, I'm just going to go to, to people at the gym, train them, finish, I'm done, get paid, move on. Eventually as time went by and, 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 and things started changing in the world, now you started seeing the benefits of actually having some of these items, having a good website, having a, a nice YouTube page, having a, a, a nice Instagram page, and having it appealing, not just any other normal thing. So it had to force me to go back to that kind of knowledge and use that knowledge to be able to apply to my own, um, um, let's say creating my own um, image. Um, before the pandemic, um, I've been an active basketball player and I also participate in projects in the hood like building basketball courts, doing boot camps with, with children. I'm an actual sports lover. I watch rugby, I watch basketball, I watch basically any sports. So it happened that um, I was participating with a group called Giants of Africa and they are known for building basketball courts and doing um, projects. So they had a project with the, the Alma, um, Obama Foundation and we were just blessed that Barack Obama at that time was uh, available to come and do, to launch the court that we had built. Just at that time, the, the camera guy just caught me doing, like giving him a high five. And then after that, he did like a, a classic move that he always does. He, he takes a free throw and just he walked out after scoring the basket and that's how that day ended. But trust me, so it was such a great day for me. Let me just say it's one of the biggest life-changing moments in my life. COVID-19 has put a spotlight on what I would call human interest stories. Everyday stories of the everyday heroes or some of the actual people who've deserved for a long time to be known as heroes for their service. The frontline healthcare workers um, or just anyone who is considered an essential worker. And I believe Africa has long been a resilient continent um, and this has just focused the microscope and began to show that there's a generosity and um, a sort of spirit of togetherness and care. Even when people are lacking, there's still the ability to contribute something no matter how small, um, if not their actual time or just trying to find a way, like I said, to make ends meet.
It feels good to be outside again. Hey. Wow. I really miss the outdoors. Being indoors has affected me both positively and negatively. Positively, at least I've been able to build a following online. I've had a few clients that I've been able to train. And on the negative side, obviously gaining a few pounds. And you know, sometimes most people think that as trainers, we're constantly fit. Sometimes uh, we can also get into a slump. So when I, could, I wasn't able to do the, the things I love to do, at some point I felt like I was, let me just say, getting into a kind of like a depression because I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing my normal things that I love to do. So um, I really slacked off, I must say. I sat back. I was mostly either eating most of the time or just sleeping most of the time. If I'm not doing my, 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 my normal classes and it kind of really, really slowed me down. But now I'm happy that things are getting back to normal um, slowly. So I'm going to get back into my normal routine and I'm sure in a few months I'll be back in shape and, and I'll take it from there. fighting this virus but we have been fighting it with rubber bullets but this time round what we have received here is equivalence metaphorically speaking to acquisition of machine guns bazookas and tanks to fight this war against COVID-19 With the discovery of the vaccine, I'm sure everything will go back to normal. So uh, for me, I'm still going to consider my online clients. I'm still working on my own platforms that will maintain those clients. And I'm going to set up my own um, program that will keep them with me. And I'm hoping that now um, I'll keep on improving on that. Then as things get back to normal with the um, the gyms and, and uh, the group fitness and being outdoors, I just look for a balance and look for a way that I'll be able to just have everything incorporated in under one roof. I think that if we project into the future, at a time where people have had the vaccine um, and basically things are returning to the next normal. I'm of the opinion that Kenya and certainly not to paint with a broad brush, but many other countries around the continent um, don't strike me as the type of societies where people from the middle class or higher socioeconomic brackets will completely isolate themselves and not show up at a supermarket or not go up country. Instead, I actually feel that that's part of the, the fabric of society here and is a fundamental way that you know, Africans by extension, Kenyans specifically, exchange ideas, exchange information.
I'm happy and blessed that I'm still here and I'm still alive and I'm still pushing and grinding and I've been able to survive especially using technology and um, I just want I'm seeing like a lot of cases of people suffering most some of my friends have been died from it and I'm hoping that now that the vaccine has come things will be different things will change and and see how everything will go. I hope it gets better and better and I hope we'll be able to survive everything. I'm really hopeful that that's what's going to happen. I lived in Singapore during the SARS virus that, that struck China and Southeast Asia and it, it was devastating uh, to the economy and to, to many people. But then five years later we just kind of went back to normal. Everything just went to what the way it was. I don't think that's going to happen this time. I think that COVID is what's called an inflection point. I think that we're going to go to what people call the, the new normal. Uh, and it will never be the same as what it was before. Yes, people will start going to restaurants again and theater again and riding in buses again and that sort of thing. But, but things are going to be different. I think it's going to impact every element of, of the economy from healthcare education, uh, commercial real estate. I mean, every piece of it is going to be touched by the realizations that people have had because of COVID. Today we actually did our first uh, group class since uh, uh, the president opened up the country. So it's, be, it's pretty exciting for me because now we get to um, actually do the classes that I'm used to. So for me it's an opportunity now to continue doing what I like doing. It has been exciting for me especially. I've gotten to bring my family out, my, my, my kids. We've trained with my kids. I've made new clients, new friends. Um, from around my home area here. So I'm looking to now grow the class and also get people now to get active.